grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Our text is the last three verses of the epistle from 1 Corinthians and also the following verse. <laughs> and to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The epistle that has been read on this Sunday of the church year, this second Sunday before Lent, is the longest epistle read in church during the church year. And it's also perhaps one of the most puzzling. So what is going on here? Well, the epistle read today is just a fragment of a lengthy session of St. Paul's second letter to the church at Corinth, in which he's defending his authority as an apostle, which means as one sent by Christ himself, both to preach and teach the truth, and to refute the errors and delusions of teachers who wanted to undermine his authority and mislead the Corinthian Christians into error and delusion. It seems that these enemies of Paul were men who were vainglorious about their own accomplishments, and they were also preaching spiritually dangerous half-truths, proclaiming only a purely victorious Christ while ignoring Christ's sufferings and the sufferings of all who would follow Christ. And so to establish his credentials as a genuine ambassador of Christ, St. Paul points not to his very real accomplishments and success, but rather to everything he suffered. You heard that list, it's very long. And we also notice how very diffidently he alludes to an experience of having been given a glimpse of heavenly things. He 
refers to it so diffidently, in fact, that he talks about this experience as if it had happened to someone else. He doesn't say, I experienced this. Instead, he says, I knew a man in Christ who was caught up into paradise. And then he very quickly hastens to add that he won't boast of that wonderful vision, but only of his weaknesses, his sufferings. He says, I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, then I am strong. What a very strange thing to say. You might even find yourself wondering if it makes any sense at all. When I am weak, then I am strong. Well, in terms of conventional wisdom, it doesn't make any sense because weak is weak and strong is strong. But St. Paul isn't speaking in terms of conventional wisdom. He's speaking in the light of Christ crucified who for Paul is the power and wisdom of God. Christ crucified, the power and wisdom of God. Now, you and I are so accustomed to hearing those words that we may have difficulty realizing what an extraordinary claim that is. A young Jew, shamefully nailed to a Roman cross, the power and wisdom of God. In the eyes of an unbelieving world, this is nonsense. And the crucified Jesus is at best an especially pathetic example of man's inhumanity to man. But to eyes of faith, enlightened by the Holy Spirit, it's precisely in this young Jew, shamefully nailed to a Roman cross, that we in fact see the very love that made and that holds all things in being, that love come to share our own weakness, to drain the cup of human suffering to the very dregs, to make atonement for all our sin, and so to bridge the chasm of our rebellion against our Maker, conquering death by undergoing death for us, to raise us up to the life and the joy eternal. 
God accomplishes his truly loving purpose not by power as this world understands power, nor by wisdom as this world understands wisdom, but by weakness, the weakness of suffering love, which never demands, but only lures and invites. In the weakness of Christ crucified, God's strength is known. The strength of God's sin-forgiving, death-destroying love. St. Paul knew the saving power of God in the apparent weakness of Christ crucified. And St. Paul also knew that Christ had strangely yet mightily worked through his own weakness. Paul remembered that terrible pride and hardness of heart that had once led him to persecute Christians. He also knew the inner conflict with sin. As we hear him lamenting, I don't do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do is what I do. He knew suffering at the hands of Christ's enemies. Perhaps even worse, he knew suffering at the hand of Christ's often bewildered and contentious followers. And he suffered from some kind of physical weakness, we don't know what, that he calls a thorn in the flesh to keep him from being conceited. In response to Paul's prayer, the Lord hadn't removed that thorn in the flesh, but had simply assured him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness, which means the weaker you are, the more clearly my divine power is shown when it works, even through such weakness. So what does all this mean for you and for me? Just four brief points. First of all, it means that the way of discipleship, of following Jesus, is not some kind of scheme to escape suffering. And anyone who thinks that it is will sooner or later be bitterly disappointed. Second, when we suffer, we are brought face to face with the truth about ourselves, about who and what 
we are. Creatures utterly dependent on our Maker and also sinners utterly dependent on God's mercy. And the third thing is this. Suffering can be very fruitful if through suffering we grow in compassion for those who suffer and grow in faith in the Lord whose strength sustains us when our own strength fails. And finally, having experienced God's sustaining strength in our weaknesses all through the journey of this mortal life, we can then also face with confidence and hope the final and inescapable revelation of our weakness. When our own strength utterly and completely fails and all that's left is to fall into the arms of God. When I am weak, then I am strong. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Amen.